everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and let's dive right in. So, uh, nothing has changed. <laughs> I have not been to the movies at all, uh, as as we all shouldn't be. But uh, there have been have been some updates in the things that I've been watching. So I actually got to watch a few things. Um, I don't. I didn't make a episode last weekend. Or maybe I did, but on my birthday, uh, my wife and I we watched uh, Captain Marvel, which was awesome. Uh, loved it, and and I'm not saying that because I've never seen it. Obviously, if you know me, I've seen it a ton already. But uh, just getting to watch it again, uh, it felt like watching it for the first time. And actually, I don't think so. I I watched it th- maybe th- I think three or four times in theaters. And then uh, when it came out on, um, I got a, I got the steelbook for it, the 4K steelbook. And what I always do when I get the Marvel movies once they come to video is I watch the director's commentary or the commentary version. So I watched Captain Marvel with the commentary by the direct, the writers and directors. And that was great. It was really nice. It's always nice to get some insights. But then I didn't watch it again. And, and those commentaries are always on the Blu-ray. And this is going to dovetail into a really awesome conversation around my technical ineptitude. So uh, as we're watching this, and it been, had been happening for probably a week or two, or at least ever since we've moved into the house, the sound on my sound bar kept cutting out, and I felt like a sleuth. I, I'm sitting there trying to figure out what was going on. So, And now we're going to dive into Alex's, uh, Alex's setup. So I, uh, I watch all my movies and do all my gaming on an Xbox One S. And so I have the Xbox One S that I hook up to the TV, to my, uh, my 4K TV. I have a Vizio, a 70-inch Vizio. And I have a sound bar that I also hook up to the uh, Vizio. And it's a Vizio sound bar. And man, at the old house, my cats would jump up into the hutch where I had the TV and they just kept gnawing at the wires, like gnawing at them. They, they, and so maybe after a month or two of having the sound bar, it started cutting out. It would do really weird things. Like it would just shut off randomly. Anytime it shut off, the TV would go black and then it would come back on basically, you know, like if it was hard to explain, but just weird things that should never ever happen for paying as much as I did for the TV and the sound bar. Uh, at the time, of course, now everything is way cheaper, which kind of stinks. But um, so I was like, oh, maybe when we move, things will change. So I, I made my setup to where I have both of my movie uh, shelves so close to my thing. I don't ever know what to call it. It's like a, a dresser, credenza, whatever you want to call it that I put the TV on. And I have the sound bar underneath the TV now. For some reason, I had it out front of the TV. The cats would walk right on it, and and they would uh, you know prance on it, and it would turn it off. So I've got it flush with the TV, so they can't mess with that. I have the shelves pushed up flush against each side of the dresser, so they can't go behind it. And this time too, I decided I'm gonna hook up the subwoofer to um, is it woofer or woofer? Is it roof or roof woof? Uh, okay, but, um, so I have it all hooked up and it, it sounded great. It was awesome. And it was, it was great. My cousin came over when we watched Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, but it kept doing that. So it was like maybe, and it didn't do it as much as it was doing recently, but at that time. And now when we were watching Captain Marvel, literally like every, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, the sound and the sound bar has a little light that's on. And so sounds fine. No issue. All of a sudden, no sound. 
the screen's still going, the video's still coming out, and the light is still on on the sound bar. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so is it this? It's, it can't be the sound bar. And when, when we moved, I also decided to upgrade or fix my broken wires that the cats chewed through. So I bought a new AC cord wire for the sound bar, and I bought a new 4K HDMI cord, which shout out to, I don't remember the company, but I bought it on Amazon. It was 10 bucks. And the it's at high speed, but not only that, it's it's a braided wire. So the entire wire is metal. So it, even if a cat got to it, it wouldn't be able to even touch it. It couldn't chew through the, the metal. It, it's crazy. It's awesome. So I had that all hooked up, and it's doing this. And I'm like, okay, so what's the problem? I've got all the stuff hooked up. And so I'm like sleuthing it on a piece of paper. Okay, so maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. And trying to test certain things out. And then I was like, well, what if I just look up a YouTube? Because I always YouTube everything, and I don't know why I wasn't doing it with this. But so I just YouTubed. Uh, hooking up a sound bar with your Xbox One. And crazy enough, there's a YouTube video of a guy who has an Xbox One S and a Vizio TV and Vizio soundbar. And I was like, all right, problem solved. It's a two-minute video. I did not know that you are supposed to put your 4K HDMI from the Xbox into the soundbar. And then you plug the soundbar's HDMI into the TV arc. So instead of having two HDMI ports plugged into the TV, you only have one uh, HDMI plugged in. Haven't had a problem since, and the sound is even better. I would even say the picture is even better. Everything is better. The world looks brighter now that I've fixed this. And so, uh, being the man that I am, uh, I'm thinking I probably need to rewatch Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame and Captain Marvel to truly see them in their full form without the, the sound skipping out. So... Woo, you know, I've got some work ahead of me. But so once I fix that, the and I fix that after watching the exam. So that's going to be sort of the main topic of discussion during this this episode. Um, really good movie, and uh, it's a great movie actually. And it is a not well known movie. So I, I'd be I'd be surprised if any of you out there have have seen it. If you have though, that's awesome. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Back when we were in college, my, my brother, my cousin, and I, we would watch these, uh, obviously on Netflix, back when Netflix had the uh, Netflix parties, we would watch these just really weird and random movies, and we learned very quickly that any movie that was made or, or whatever by IFC, the Independent Film Channel, uh, was a really good movie, or at least a movie that you needed to watch. And so at that time, that was stuff like The Possession of, I think it's David O'Reilly, that was a really good one. But then there was The Exam, and we had seen a trailer for it, and it was, or at least, you know, when Netflix had the little trailer playing, but it was like, essentially, and I'm just going to read this off IMDb, uh, eight candidates for a highly desirable corporate job are locked together in an exam room and given a final test with just one seemingly simple question. However, it doesn't take long for confusion to ensue and tensions to ravel, to unravel. So, uh, and I'm going to click on this here so I can get you guys some information on this. But uh, the movie was written and directed by Stuart Hazeldine. And he, uh, oh wow, he directed The Shack, uh, if any of you have seen that movie. And uh, he did, I'm just looking here, I don't think he did really anything else. Nope, so really just The Exam and The Shack. But it stars Adar Beck, 
Gemma Chan, anyone? Uh, Natalie Cox, John Lloyd Fillingham, uh, Chuck Woody, Awuji, uh, Pollyanna McIntosh, Luke Mabley, Jimmy Mystery, uh, Colin Salmon, Chris Carey. So uh, it's and it's a Brit. I believe it's a British movie. There's there's uh, someone of every uh, I guess gender race in this movie, and they make a point of that too. So it's just it's this is made out to be like this company is the like Apple or Amazon, if they were also amazing stewards of their money and gave to the poor sort of thing. So um, they're all really wanting this job and no one knows each other's names, but basic, I'm going to see if I can find the quote for the beginning. I am not going to spoil anything about this movie because the best way to watch this movie is knowing nothing about it because the um the twist like there's there's some twists and like the first time you see this movie you can't unsee it so you once you've seen it you know what the the answer is you know what the you know the test is all that stuff but that first time you i don't think you would you're never gonna have you know what it is you're never gonna be able to guess and i hope you won't be able to guess so um, here is, yeah, so, okay, and then the, the, in, the invigilator is the guy who kind of shares what the exam is, and he is played by, um, I think I may have even mentioned his name, uh, yeah, Colin Salmon, he's been in a couple of things, he was in, um, okay, he was in Resident Evil, Alien vs. Predator, Mortal Engines, um, I feel like he was in something recently, though, that I, I saw him in, here it is. He was in. He's Walter Steele in Air in the Arrow Show, which I, I think is like the friend of Oliver Queen's uh, parents, something like that. He's been in a lot of things, but anyway, he comes in. So the movie just or starts with everyone coming into what looks like a room. It's just a very sterile room that has desks and chairs, and they all sit down in their chairs. And in front of them is a one single piece of paper and a pencil. And on each desk, it just says candidate one candidate two all the way down there's eight of them and so the invigilator says there is one question before you and one answer is required if you try to communicate with myself or the god you will be disqualified if you spoil your paper intentionally or accidentally you will be disqualified if you choose to leave this room for any reason you will be disqualified any questions and uh, that's it. And so people are like, you know, nope. All right, let's go. And um, so he leaves, and they flip the paper, and there's nothing on the paper, <laughs> absolutely nothing. So it's the eight of them in this room with one guard standing by the door, and the entire rest of the movie. And so they have uh, 80 minutes to to do this test. So that's how that's the movie. It's literally the movie. The movie has maybe a minute, a couple minutes at the end dealing with the aftermath, and then just a tad in the beginning. I think the movie itself is, um, yeah, it's an hour and forty-one minutes. So it's not it's not very long, but it's so good. And so they're trying to figure out like, okay, well, what you know, what did he say? What didn't he say? And so one of the things is he's like, well, he didn't say we can't talk to one another. And so eventually they get to the point of, okay, we don't need to use our names. We're just going to use ways to this, to describe each other. So there is the and, the and the guy who does it. He's he's a, a complete asshole. But he basically the three the women that are in there. He um uh and I, I'm not going to spoil anything. But basically, like the women are named after their hair, 
and the men are all named after the color of their skin. And so there was like a discussion in the movie of maybe that's why they did this, that like they picked one person from each. They've got like a, a he's a white guy. There's a, a, a brown guy. So they call him brown. They've got bl- uh, blonde, dark. Uh, black it's it's cool it's cool though it's really really good and so figuring out the mystery and going through that it it leaves you on the edge of your seat and even seeing it a second time so i uh we watched that and this came back out in 2009 we watched it at some point then so probably in like 2010 and i have not seen that movie since so it's been 10 years since i've seen the movie but i bought it on blu-ray at um at an entertain mart probably like five years ago maybe even more than five years ago i was like no way it was a it was a uh, imported version like it had the the weird you know that it's a region a b and c uh so it worked for me but it's like a british sort of movie and uh but i never watched it and i don't get why i never watched it but i'm glad because when we started the movie i forgot what what happened and so i almost almost got to watch the whole thing over for the first time it's probably like 30 minutes into the movie i was like oh that's right now i remember and uh and it all came back to me but it's a really really good movie a great movie to watch with friends and family only because it's just it's one of those it's like uh uh, like Ryan Johnson's newest one. I'm not, I keep wanting to say Get Out, but uh, Knives Out, uh, where it's it's a whodunit sort of. It's not a whodunit in this case because you know there's no. It's not a whodunit, but the same type of movie where you're constantly trying to figure this thing out. Like you, I know the answers out there. I know I'm gonna figure it out. Like I gotta figure it out before the end of this movie. And I really hope you don't. I hope you can enjoy it all the way through and not not figure things out. But it's worth it. It's it was a really good watch. Uh, and so again, we, my brother, my cousin and I, we did a little movie night. I have a popcorn machine. We made the Pasadena popper. We made some popcorn and watched this, this flick. We watched that. And then we also watched Don Verdeen, which if any of you haven't seen, that's by, I believe his name's, uh, Jared Hess, um, who did, uh, Napoleon Dynamite stars, Sam Rockwell and, uh, uh, Amy Ryan and Will Forte. It's from 2015. Yeah. Jared Hess. And he did, uh, I'm almost positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, he did. He's probably one of the most underrated writers and directors uh, of our time, I would say, because he's done, you know, here's his his resume. He's got Gentleman Broncos, which I would say is maybe, between that and Don Verdeen, those are probably the weakest of them all, but they're both still really funny. Gentleman Broncos, Don Verdeen, Masterminds, napoleon dynamite and nacho libre and napoleon dynamite and nacho libre are two of my most favorite comedies of all time and always will be they're just too funny so um it's a great movie it was really fun but when we're watching them like the the audio kept cutting out and it like cut out when the invigilator was uh or invigilator was uh like explaining the test and we're like, no. And so, you know, I, I got, I was like, I've got to figure this out. I can't keep having watch parties at my house when the sound bar is busted. And, and again, my complete technical ineptitude, that is, that was the reason behind all of this. So, um, so yeah. And then last night, for those of you that are unaware, Maleficent Mistress of Evil is on Disney Plus now. And uh, my wife and I watched that and loved it. And we had seen it in theaters. It was so nice to see it again. And I got to tell you, if you've got a 4K TV, it 
oh, the colors in this movie are just gorgeous. And I won't talk too much about it because I actually did record a podcast about Maleficent uh, back in October when it came out, so you can always scroll back and check that out. Uh, But those are the movies that uh, I've seen recently, and I will say for those of you hungry for some comics, I am getting back into reading comics. I have some more time on my hands now that I'm not I'm done moving. Uh, so I've been I started reading Original Sin, which uh, is a a uh, story by Jason Aaron and Mike Diodato Jr. And uh, I'm really excited to be reading this because I'm actually giving it the time of day. Uh, when I originally read it, that was at a time when I was sort of getting my comics from Midtown, I sort of wasn't buying comics. But then Original Sin came out, and I, I don't remember what I read. I read something, and I was like, ooh, I want to I read this. But so I bought them digitally. And so I think it was at the time when I had Marvel Unlimited Plus, so I wanted to test out the whole you get 10% off thing at the shop. Which honestly, and at the time I was like, this is dumb. This wasn't worth it because I didn't enjoy the series. Um, but, but I wanted to give it a second chance. And, and, and so I was reading it monthly digitally. I would read an issue and then I wouldn't do anything for a month, read an issue. So now I'm reading them all back to back. So I read like three issues last night, uh, and I'll try and read some more so that we can have a discussion around it. Um, and I, and the reasons for that, the reasons I'm wanting to give it another shot is because of one, it's Jason Aaron. He's an incredible writer and he always has some backstory in regards to religion or, um, anti-religion. There's a great wisecrack video on youtube about jason aaron and uh all the writing that he does about being anti-religion and i'm not saying you need to be anti-religion i'm just saying it's it's amazing to me that somebody can craft that sort of story into multiple different things because he's written um what is it southern it's like southern bastards or something like that that's very much so i haven't read it but um he did uh what was the other one? So he did the Mighty Thor, which is all about the gods being terrible people. And then he, I mean, everything with Thor, the God Butcher, was all anti-religion of, you know, we have to kill all the gods. And I'm trying to think of a couple of the other things that he did, like the War of the Realms. And uh, man, there's just, there's another one where, you know, he he's just, he's Thor though. He's written so much Thor. And so I'm trying to see if I can find some through lines with that in this original sin. Not only that though, um, the, that's like the only good thing going for it, And that's the thing I wanted to see. Plus, if you read issue zero of original sin, it's by Mark Wade and Jim Chung and Jim Chung's an amazing, amazing artist. It's actually a really good issue to read to start it off. And it, I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to read this. But Mike Diodato is one of my least favorite artists. So that was one of the pieces of why I didn't like it and why I also didn't like, uh, infinity wars because he did that as well. There's just something about him that I don't, about his art that I don't enjoy. And so I'm trying to give him another chance as well while I read this. So, so far, okay. Um, I, I rate my comics after I read them on the app. And so I gave the, the issue zero, I gave a four out of five. And these first two or three issues, I've given a three out of five. So it's not necessarily bad yet, but I'm just trying to remember how the whole thing wraps up because it's like eight issues. And um, for me, for something like that, that seems too long for this type of story. So the whole story itself is that the Watcher um, is killed and his eyes are taken. 
and the person who does this reveals a ton of secrets about the Marvel Universe to push, I'm sure, a new publishing initiative, which they did. Um, but uh, this this whole thing out of this came a lot. So I almost think the ramifications of this story are more important than the story itself. So if you guys remember, this story, Original Sin, is what created um, Daredevil's mother, or finding out who Daredevil's mother is, uh, in Daredevil, but that's, you know, it, that was his sin, was that he had a mom, and he never knew it, and she was the, the nun at the nunnery, which is, you know, what they did in the show, which I was like, so, like, original sin, the ramifications are in the Daredevil show, in season three, uh, which is crazy, and then Spider-Man realizing that he, um, and again, these aren't. I don't think these are spoilers for Original Sin because these take place in their own separate stories. But um, realizing that someone else was bit by the spider, and these aren't spoilers either because this is like a, a five, six-year-old story. But uh, that was Silk. So the the introduction of Silk is uh, in this uh, series, and then also Thor being unworthy is in this series as well, uh, of him not being able to lift the hammer, causing Jane Foster to become Thor. Um, that's in here as well same with the hulk hating iron man for a time because i think he found out that iron man or his parents were responsible for the gamma bomb which at this point honestly doesn't even matter because immortal hulk is so much better than anything anyone's ever done with the hulk um I'm trying to think if there's any any others. I mean, they they slowly reveal them, but we'll we'll see. I'm I'm hoping that it picks up. I'm hoping it's good. But I gotta tell you guys, I've got a ton of graphic novels to read and books. So we're gonna get to a point where <laughs> we'll see where quarantine really hits. And I haven't watched anything, but I've been reading things or listening to music. And so I'm thinking in an, in another episode, I'm gonna start going over my yearly top uh, albums of the year. Uh, for those of us who are at home or quarantining, I'm sure you're looking for new things to listen to, new things to watch. And so if I can help in any way, whether whether that is encouraging comic books or book books or movies or music, that's what I want this podcast to be. And so I'm, we're, we're getting close to the point of you know changing the name of this podcast to allformsofmedia.net or whatever we want to call it. But truly, I love talking about all of that stuff. So the, the next episode, I'm hoping, I think I'll try and do uh, I started my top lists in 2017, so I've got three years in the in the bank, uh, 2017, 18, and 19, to share. And uh, so I'd love to discuss, you know, which of those albums I truly loved, and which ones maybe don't even sit well anymore after a couple of years. Because I, I I make little infographics, and you can see them on my Twitter. But uh, of uh, my top 10 and then some honorable mentions. So that could definitely take up a podcast. And uh, who knows, could even be something that I, I throw my brother on because he's the one who turned me on to those yearly lists. But for now, that is what's going on. I did start watching Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Star Wars Rebels. So we'll see. I'm, I'm only a couple episodes in, so not enough to really develop an opinion, but I enjoy them both so far. Um, and then wrapped up... I'm trying, my wife and I are starting up Riverdale season four, which uh, is, is good so far. I'm just, I, I, I'm having a hard time getting into it only because I am absolutely sick of the CW putting out 22 episode series where each episode is 40 minutes long. Like I just don't get why. And, and, and you see that in some of these shows, they do it with this, with arrow, with the flash, uh, and that's why I stopped watching those shows because it was just too much. Like I don't have 
four what is that 40 at 40 minutes times 22 that's a lot for that's like 800 uh 960 minutes or something like that it's a lot it's a long time um maybe even more than that my math's not great but uh so yeah so i'll probably give it a shot i love riverdale i love archie but it's just exhausting looking at that and that's why i'm so excited for avatar it's only three seasons and the rebel show as well is only four seasons and they're they're short they're only like 15 episodes a season and they're 20 minutes so i guess i guess maybe i'm getting older i don't know because if you gave me a 22 episode season of marvel studios i would watch that religiously over and over but so i guess it's all about the content the, the key to creating good content is to not have filler episodes if you find yourself constantly having filler episodes maybe lower your season count something that happened a lot with agents of shield as well um, but i am looking forward to re-watching the last few seasons that i haven't seen i think like six and seven or something like that but that's where we're at that's what i've been up to so for comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein thanks so much for listening and uh hope to see you at the movies eventually Thank you.